Anyway. Anyway, are we in now? Are we, we can doing be. this? I like our levels. <laughs> Do we trust them? I, you know, we we had a compromise. Considering we have 12 listeners, I think it would be easier for both of us if we just go to each of their houses individually <laughs> and record live for them. We the, the, Do a little vaudeville show. The first 10 people to like this post on Instagram <laughs> will receive uh, an in-person, a singing telegram version of episode 6 <laughs> at their door. Anyway, welcome back to Turn After Reading. Number Foonf. Number Foonf. Now, we're we're having japes, we're having a good time, but that's only because we forgot momentarily about the deep, deep sadness that has blanketed us all over this last week. We were going to have a special guest today, Laura Dern, but um, there was the death of a 14-year-old in her family, and she decided... It was in her best it, interest not to come. Death is is always tragic, um, but when it, it strikes someone so young, I think, especially. A mother should never have to bury their child. <laughs> a mother should not have to bury. My high school principal told me that. <laughs> so. <laughs> no, it's a very sad story, but it wasn't like just me and him. He didn't just like put his hand on my you shoulder. You know what, Nicholas? <laughs> Apropos of nothing, just I was passing him so in the hall. A child said, died. A few. And you're using that to. <laughs> yeah, hey, a, a kid is dead either way. That's this true. is the now. I'm assuming you didn't kill that child. <laughs> Legally, I can't answer that. I'm question. also assuming you did not kill Laura Dern's 14 year old goldfish. goldfish. Uh, it was her goldfish. Also, unnamed in the press, she is not I was thinking the, the same thing. I was reading a um, New York Post article about it, and they were very they very specifically said that the fish has not been named publicly. And of course, the press here, just so everyone's abreast, is an Instagram post that Lori Dern made. There was no, there wasn't a, a press release, a conference, any such thing. I mean, I'm sure there will be now. Um, the public demands She needs it. some time to mourn. Yeah. Naturally. You know, she's coming off a lot of big wins. This is going to be a hard hit for her. It is, you know? It's uh, it's like Job. Story of Job in the Bible. You you feel like you're on top, and then God just takes you down a peg. Lesson in hubris, Dern. <laughs> you know, our mutual friend John pointed out that it, that fish was alive when Laura Dern was filming Inland Empire. Because <laughs> <laughs> he very much enjoys that movie that you hate. <laughs> I haven't even seen it. I well, will continue to hate it. From context, you hate it. The idea of the movie upsets um, me. So we couldn't get Dern. <laughs> no, not this heartbreaking. Week. I had a special surprise guest just for you, which oh. I'm doubly crestfallen about. Whoa, who it was, was it? her unnamed goldfish. Oh, man. And I, I don't want to take responsibility, but I can't imagine that maybe I was pressuring the goldfish a little much. Obviously international or national cross-country flight um is always challenging uh but doubly so when you're a goldfish when you're an elderly an fish. aged fish <laughs> four years over your life expectancy <laughs> right just that take off you're sloshing around you know you're it's like it feels like a, it's got to feel like a tsunami for the poor guy so i don't know maybe his stress was up and that was enough maybe he got back on the stuff <laughs> Just like uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, you know, he was sober for like 20 years. It's and then true. It's that one comeback. It's that pressure. You know? That Capote Mama, movie. Did Mama wins him. an Oscar. You're feeling invincible. You're feeling larger than life. Why not get a little smack? You know, yeah. Treat yourself. 
You go to the Beverly Hills Hotel, you do some lines with the busboy, <laughs> the bellboy, either way, both. They're all there. They have a restaurant. Everyone's doing a it. Coat check. <laughs> Everyone's geeked out on powder. Anyway, Laura, sorry about the fish. Yeah, we're sorry. I know you listen, and I just want you to know. We're sorry. Take your time, but seriously, get on here next week. We don't want to keep having to yeah, you're, you're, pump up our audience expecting we're, that we're, during, we're starting during to, guest We're starting to pressure your agent, and we're really expecting something <laughs> out of you. Uh, so. <laughs> I guess. Big Dern! I guess, Big Dern! Big Dern! That was bad. That was rough. Oh, man. Well, this was my week for a Big Dern, and I was given a miracle. A hundred million dollar budgeted movie from 2010 called Little Fockers. Uh, did you just say... No, no, no. We are not an explicit podcast. I okay. said Fockers. That is a joke that, believe it or not, is in this movie many times. Oh. And is in the entire franchise countless times. Franchise? Yes. Oh, okay, there are... so there's more than one. There's We're... a Little Fockers too. Oh, no, no. Okay. Not yet. God, I hope not. I'll get at the end. I wrote a note that said, <laughs> "God, I hope there aren't any more of these." <laughs> but there was one in two thousand. That one was called "Meet the Parents." Okay, and it was a great movie. It had a younger Ben Stiller, Robert De Niro, blah blah blah. Then there was one in two thousand four, a reasonable amount of time for a sequel, and that one was called "Meet the Fockers." And that's where you met Ben Stiller's family, and you know his family was Dustin Hoffman and um. Barbara Beth Streisand, Barbara Streisand. Not Beth Midler. <laughs> but no, yeah, and they were cool. They're like a little wackier, and it was fun. And then they made a third one, seven years later, in 2010. That math's right, right? Yeah. Six years Six later. Six years later. Whatever. Which, I mean, that can... Ah, yeah. I'm not going to write off It came out the at the end of the year, so... Yeah. Okay. Anyway, hopefully this is the last one. I think... The growth they portrayed between the movies is realistic and like. So what do we? What's the conceit? I, okay. I know there are like children now. So let me also just mention that um this has a average of a fifty percent rating. This movie would not have passed unless there was a curve in the class. And I didn't look at other movies from this year, but I assume there was a curve because two thousand ten. Fifty seems like half the people liked this movie. Yeah. Well, okay. you know. I, don't know, I was going to try to make some elaborate metaphor, but I'm not there yet. Um, so yeah, this had this is a star pack movie. Ben Stiller, Robert De Niro, Barbara Streisand, um, Dustin Hoffman, Owen Wilson. Also, this movie taught me that Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand are more expensive <laughs> than Robert De Niro because they were written out of the movie for most of it. Like, they popped up at the beginning and end, but, like, Robert De Niro was there for the whole thing, and that told me that they either poured their budget into Robert De Niro or right. the other two were like, that's, we don't want to be in this Meshuggah movie. I say a, that because they're both Jewish. Would say. Yeah. They would. They are very Jewish and they they talk very Jewish. Right. They those say, fuckers. hell, those fuckers. Is that an anti-Semitic name? I don't think so. I think in the second one, they go into the origin of the name. I don't know if it's real or if they just make the something up. The only thing up. I remember from the second one, there's like a... Do you remember a young Fonker Latino Island? boy who is Ben Stiller's son? <laughs> what? It's weird. Have I you don't seen remember that, that part. It's weird. Oh, is that real? It's like a young, yeah, like a teen, a Latino teenager With who kind of looks Stiller's like Ben face. Stiller. Ooh. 
Yeah. Is that like his real kid? And it's like the plot point of like, the, the big twist. Where did they find a Ben Stiller faced Latino boy? That's the, the really discomforting <laughs> question. Just, there's throughout. an island of Dr. Moreau, but for Ben Stiller's multi raced family. Precisely how it feels. Okay, so this movie, number three, some time has passed. It starts with a big happy scene. Ben Stiller's married, they have two kids, they have a son who's a little stupid, they have a daughter who's kind of a tough kid she like takes after her grandfather robert de niro who was a spy Ooh, cia so you know she's tough she knows stuff house and of she, secrets bush maybe. family oh yeah she he, he was in that yep, for sure he was, he was on the last chopper out of that city in vietnam <laughs> you know the one yeah yeah uh, sure i got you uh, yeah that one the one with the building <laughs> so married happy blah 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 they're having a party for the twins the kids are twins um, there's been a split in the family. Um, the other, Ben Stiller's wife's sister, who is also the daughter of Robert De Niro, who is a controlling spy man, her husband just left her. And we find out that it is because he felt pressured by Robert De Niro, which is valid because he's a very controlling, overbearing figure. He really is, kind of. He's, this, I'm going to say toxic masculinity. Oh yeah, there's this whole movie, like every misunderstanding, like comical misunderstanding in each of these three movies could be undone if everybody just communicated yeah. and wasn't a If De Niro person. weren't a Basically, prick. yeah. If, it, if De Niro had died in the first movie, the other two would have been smooth sailing. Sure. But no, he had to live. Okay, so... Uh, split in the family. Also, we find out that Robert De Niro is starting to have heart troubles. He has a little heart attack at the beginning of the film, but he defibrillates himself in a completely unrealistic scene. With, like, the paddles? Um, no, he has a lie detector in his basement because he's a spy. Sure. And he takes two wires out of it and just strips them, and then he touches his chest. And shocks himself and, yeah. while having a heart attack. And he's fine. He's good. And he doesn't tell his wife. Great. Right, because, again, because... Yeah. Why would you this communicate this older with Older generation. Yeah, it's all secrets. <laughs> Yeah, it's, it's really a metaphor for how all the older it generations is. are spies. They are all spies. They, they are, keep secrets from us. They are they all don't tell us about their health problems. Until it's too late. Yeah. Um, and basically he calls um, Ben Stiller and he says, I need you to take over as the patriarch if I kick it. Oh, he must have not wanted to I mean, make he, that ask. Not really, because he kind of doesn't like Ben Stiller. At this point, like they've been a family for like, almost a decade so like he's getting cool with him and now that the other dude the other like option dr bob is his name now that he's out of the family ben stiller's all he's got okay. we also find out later that he offered the job to dr bob first and that's why dr <laughs> bob left the family because he felt so pressured got it anyway okay. that'll come back later let me take a sip of my little coffee here it is quite petite for our listeners at home it is it's a good coffee it's from cream and dream Oh, you went to Cream and Dream. Yeah, I saw a lady there that comes in Lorraine all the time. Yeah, shout out if you're in uh, the greater Fairmount area of Philadelphia. Swing by Cream and Dreams. Yep, it's, it's a local business. It's a sex store and a coffee store. <laughs> it's a great place. Okay, so a lot of the information of this movie really relies on the fact that you have seen the other two. Sure. There's just so much that happens. It's um, just Jinxie the cat's nips Oh yeah, he's, all he's up in not it. in it that much. He's only in the beginning and end. I don't think it's the same cat. Now they have a new cat, and they <laughs> a talk lizard. about nipples. No, nipples don't come up that much. Volleyball, broken nose, are no, they just rehashing? No, it's pretty pretty new content. Okay. There's little callbacks, little ones, but right. 
Honestly, this isn't a bad movie, but I'll get there. Okay. Okay, um, so there's a little screen time call between Owen Wilson. He calls the family. We Owen Wilson, if you don't know, is the ex-boyfriend of Ben Stiller's wife. And the family just loves him, and he always, like, comes back. And he's a little, like, creepy towards his wife, but, like, he is a very, he's a very nice person. He's yeah. very rich. He just, he's very, like, yoga. <laughs> he builds the... The altar. Yes. And, then, yeah. and we, we also find out he was an ex-lover of Dern in this film, but we'll get there. Dern is coming. She's coming. So, um, everything's going pretty smooth. De Niro and his wife, who you told me is Gwent Paltrow's mother. Yeah, true is, story. It's nice. Good for her. Um, she had a child. They show up. Everything's going Blythe smooth. Danner? Pardon? I think, I think her name is Blythe Danner. I believe you. Yeah. I didn't write it down and I feel bad now. It's International Women's now. Day right now. Unless my mom's listening. And I'm not talking about that woman. Oh. I looked up at the Who heavens. needs her? <laughs> Who needs her? Anyway, so they show up. Everything's going smooth. Ben Stiller seems to have a pretty good hold on everything. And then he cuts his finger open when he's cutting open the turkey. Because the lizard that his son has jumps out. It's a whole thing. And things are starting to fall apart. And everything is just going to keep falling apart until the very end of the movie, basically. Also, um, Ben Stiller at work has met a young, beautiful drug rep who wants him to do, like, stuff. Oh, so it's like testing his faith. A little, I mean... It's like he's a rabbi and Edward Norton's a priest. And then, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then that woman's uh, getting in the middle of him. Ben Stiller is Jewish. Anyway. Uh, keep the faith. Great film. Keep the faith. Uh, <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I got so sidetracked <laughs> yeah, here. That was clearly uh, entirely my No, fault. it was all you. Brought up a different bad um, Ben Stiller movie. So, like, it's Jessica Alba... And she's young and beautiful, but, like, she's, like, young, hip, cool. Like, she says knuckles and does a fist bump. And she says, like, you're the man. You're a cool <laughs> That's dad. cool. I don't know. Knuckles. Like, knucks me, Nick. Oh, yeah. She's, like, lame cool, but For in, like, a fun Nick's, way. Nick just knucks me. Oh, of course. Why yeah. wouldn't I? But, like, at this point in the film, it's clear that, like, if, like, you were viewing it from the outside, you might see, like, the possibility of something happened. But also, like, they just have a friendship, and they're cool, and, like, intimacy with your friends is cool. Yeah. Um, later, she'll mess all that up, but we'll get there. Okay. Because, like, she's pretty strictly just being his friend. Right. And, like, you know, um, Robert De Niro has seen another marriage and his family ruined by a cheating on... So he's on edge. Yeah. He's also a perpetually on edge man. He is. Again, toxic CIA masculinity. So, like, he hears about all this and he's just a little on edge. Um, the daughter overhears a conversation on the phone that Ben Stiller's having with his wife. She hears the wife's half and it's about um, boner medicine because she wants him to sell boner medicine. That'll come up because Robert De Niro gets a boner later. Great film. Um, You're really throwing out all these lines. I can't wait to reel them in. <laughs> if I manage to reel all these in, it'll be a miracle. So basically, she overhears this conversation, and then Robert De Niro is asking her about this, and she says, Andy gives daddy his boners. And it's like, because she just overheard bits and pieces, and then Robert De Niro hears that, and he's like, oh my uh... god, he's been cheating on my wife and going to a hotel where he's actually going to do a medical conference, but he just hears Hotel Boners Andy. Sure. Also, her name is Andy Garcia, which is... Such... <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Her and Jessica Alba's name in this film is Andy Garcia. Who, if you don't know, is an actor. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who wrote this joke. I assume it was like the director's son and he felt bad not putting it it's, in. I like that joke. <sighs> okay, also, 
Owen Wilson shows up at the house at this point, and he is single because he proposed to his wife and she's his girlfriend, and she said no. Oh, poor guy. So yeah, this rich man with houses all over the world it's and not just friends. About that, He's friends there? with Deepak Chopra. Deepak Chopra is briefly in this film. <laughs> Such a fucking cash grab. Honestly. Ugh. So um, he said they're going the next day to an interview at. A school called the Early Human School, which is like an advanced kids' school. It's actually Gwyneth Paltrow's school. <laughs> yes, it is. And we meet Laura Dern then, who we find out is an ex-lover of Owen Wilson, which I already said. And her name is Prudence. Love it. She's like a blonde, like very kind, new-aged, very well-spoken woman who runs the school. Dern is the dean. The dean Dern. <laughs> Dern is dean. I wrote this so yeah, many times. Yeah, I bet you did. And uh, yeah. Robert De Niro and Ben Stiller are there. Like, just talking to her, seeing what's up. And she thinks they're gay, which, it's a great joke, like... Do your own Ben Stiller? Yes. That is it's, such a good it's joke. It's very tastefully done. Guys and they're, like, they're talking... It's that thing where, like, they're talking in a way where if you were, like, Laura Dern, you'd think, oh my god, they're gay. Because they're like, oh, we didn't get along at first. We had some rough patches, but we made it through. <laughs> and, like, they're touching each other and just doing little stuff. And she's like, how long have you two been a couple? Just gazing lovingly into one another's eyes. Basically, they make out with tongue. It's weird, but... <laughs> And then they just kind of, they run on the joke for a minute, and it's good. I like it. That's cute. Yeah. So they're like bowing around. Oh yeah, they're they're cool with each other. Um, and do then, they ever, do they, do they have like, Dean Prudence? God, they, I wish. Is that a joke they use? No, they don't. In the sequel, they'll... they'll oh, wait, Little Fockers 2, mm-hmm. um, Treasure Island. <laughs> <laughs> or a fake... Fockers no, Take Manhattan. Little Fockers 2, Pig in the City. <laughs> Um, okay, so Andy gives Daddy his boners, and then Robert De Niro is spying on Ben Stiller, because he's a spy, and he's trying to follow him to the hotel, where he thinks he's having sex, but he's actually just selling boner pills. Right. And then, um, Ben Stiller outspies Robert De Niro, which I think is great, because it's, like, a great, like, the tables have turned, old man. the becomes the hunted, yeah. Because, like, at first he's not sure, like, Robert De Niro just runs into him on the street, or, like, he's, he's, um, tailing him, and Ben Stiller's like, is that you? And he's like, oh, I was looking for milk. And he's like, there's a market across the street from the apartment. He's like, oh, I didn't know. And then he runs into him on the train and he's like, are you following me? And it's, it's fun. It's a goofy Get him, thing. Stiller. Now and he's like going to be the CIA spook overthrowing democratically elected governments in Southeast Asia. We do find out that he has lost his clearances for spy stuff because he calls in to get like an APV. I don't know if that's the right terminology, but sure, on um, Andy Garcia, not the actor, the woman. <laughs> and they say like, you can't, it's been 12 years, you can't do this, but you could probably just Google her. And then he does. And he find, the first thing he gets is obviously a Google search for the actor Andy Garcia. Because oh, really? ha ha ha, hardy har har. Um, so he goes home defeated, and his wife is there in an overcoat, and she's being all sexy. What? Yes. And we, yeah, she's still got it. Because one of the brief moments that Barbara Streisand was in this movie, in the middle... She has a sex talk show, which you would know if you're familiar with the franchise. Right, right, sure. And she says, you need to have an affair with your husband. And she talks about, like, role-playing and healthy relationships because she's a great Jewish lady. So they do this, and he's kind of distracted because he's trying to spy on his son-in-law. And he finds these boner pills that Ben Stiller is peddling for <laughs> for Jerry Garcia. No, for Andy <laughs> Garcia. And he takes one. And then um, Ben Stiller does the whole thing. He does the pitch. It goes great. He's like buddy buddy with the lady. She's getting a little. She like pretends that he's his fian- sh- he's her fiance. 
for her ex-fiance. And it's like, it's starting to border, like... A little flirtatious. Like, if it were framed for comedy, you could see it being like, oh my god, he's with her. Right. And, like, she kisses him on the cheek in a picture. Like, it's it's friendly, essentially. But yeah, at this but point, like, you're starting to feel like something's gonna happen. Yeah. Like, he's, you know... He's a yeah, he's a man. Man's man suck. Man suck. Man that is my suck. lesson. Um okay, so Ben Stiller gets home. Robert De Niro has a giant boner, which he's had for five and a half hours. Do they show it? No, but you see context, you like see it like sweat? out of his pants. Sweats? He's wearing like he's wearing button up pajamas because Robert De Niro is an old man. <laughs> and he just has a fucking Does he have a nightcap? He's just hanging dong. I don't think he's wearing a nightcap, no. And then he has to give him a shot in his penis, which his son walks in on. So he gets, like, the four-hour erection, yes. basically. And then he has to get shot. The son walks in and sees this happen yeah. and screams because you, If why you do you? get a four-hour erection, you just need to deflate it, really. So just get... Yeah. Just, for our listeners at home, um, yeah, just get, just like, get a, a dirty syringe needle. off of the street. Just pop that just bad boy. Right in your, right in your thing there. Um, let's see. What's your penis? next? Yes. Okay, Dern is back. They're... At this point, Owen Wilson is starting to involve himself more and more in the family. Like, the son has a nick... He calls him Papa, whatever his name is. And, like, he's just, like... It's a little uncomfortable. Um, they have a... They go to the school again. Dern is there. Dern tests the kids. We find out again that the son is stupid and the daughter is smart. And... I mean, that's pretty much the extent of Dern's involvement in this film. Okay. So I could just stop now, but I'll finish for the viewers. <laughs> for the viewers out there who want to know how this I'm on the edge of my seat. Honestly, I think she's underused, but there's some other underused comedic talent that I'll mention at the end. Please. Anyway, um, so they test the kids. That happens. There's an ice cream truck driving by right now. That's good. Um, they're at the hospital because the boy breaks his arm at the school. The dumb boy. Yeah, the dumb boy falls off of a rock Stupid wall. Child. Right, yeah. right in the background is Ben Stiller saying, like, I can control my family. I have this under control, blah, blah, blah. And then kid falls. Yeah. It's fun. It's good. I'll laugh. The hubris of man. Oh, the hubris. Uh, <laughs> and then everybody meets Ben Stiller, his wife, Robert De Niro, Jessica Alba, and Owen Wilson all in a room together. The star Ooh. power in... Incredible. The farce meter is off the charts. And, like, right before they all get together, Robert De Niro tells his daughter that, like, I think your husband's having an affair based right. on his paranoid spy tendencies. And they all meet. Um, ben Stiller kind of goes off, and he's like, you're a bad dad. Why are you doing this? Stop controlling my life. And everything's kind of okay. Like, the daughter gets it. Oh, He also yells at Owen Wilson. He's like, you're a rich weirdo. Get away from my family. And Jessica Alba's just there. And then, like, she takes him home because he needs a ride. And then she shows up later with... Jessica Alba yes. takes him home? He takes... Whoa. They're moving into a new house. They're restoring it. And she takes him to that house. He calls his wife, which you hear as a um, voiceover, just to give you context. Like, I'm staying at the new house. I don't want to be around your dad. And then she drives away, and it's fine. You think, everything's going to be okay. And then she comes back with wine and Chinese food. Starting to get a little more into that territory of maybe something's gonna happen, but also they're fr they're pretty well established friends at this point. Mm -hmm. And then left field, she takes a boner pill that she sells, which I don't know why. She also takes some nasal stuff, and then she tries to fuck Owen Wilson. No, sorry, uh, Ben Stiller. A lot of names in this. And yeah, she's like, oh, she throws herself she's at all him, hopped up Yo, on she's, boner she pills. She's geeked out, man, and like, it's gross how she acts, like. Not that she's, like, throwing herself at him, but, like, once they get into the backyard where there's this big pit, just, like, the way she acts is just, like, ugh, it makes me uncomfortable, like, the way she's, like, talking and, like, 
she's doing like this weird mix of like baby talk and screaming and like just the things she's saying. It's really weird. I don't know why. Really? It, like, no, it rubs fair. me a wrong way. It's one of my least favorite Hollywood tropes. Is like the the ungodly hot woman just like throwing themselves at like Ben Stiller, Seth Rogen. It's and like. like not even like when she throws himself i'm like no 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 but also like it's fine whatever but like when she starts doing the weird talking yeah. stuff i was just like Ugh. <laughs> no jessica alba stop that you're a respectable woman <laughs> and just as all this is happening robert de niro is coming by Uh-oh. to apologize and he sees this and he doesn't say anything the next day because like he doesn't know how to deal with it i think like all of his suspicions came true and he doesn't know what to do with it like when you when a dog <laughs> chases a car what's he gonna do when he catches it drive it no Duh. Okay, so the Fockers roll in. Fockers are here. They're in. Dustin Hoffman, Barbara Streisand. The Jews are in the house. A little Latino boy? No, he's not there. I still don't remember that. I I need to go back and watch it now. Um, They roll in. Barbara Streisand is there. She talks to Owen Wilson, who's clearly not having a good time. And they have this whole talk because she's a sex therapist. And she's like, you need to like get down to earth and find your home and like you'll find love you're a rich talented owen wilson looking man and then he <laughs> kisses her which is weird Bass? they kiss they actually in real life kissed owen wilson like and barbara one? streisand not really i but mean like was, a kiss there was a little tongue i'll say <laughs> and then at this same time um the whole there's this whole party that owen wilson is throwing it's elaborate it's like super over the top everybody's there they fly out jinx the cat for this party it's bananas. At the same time, Ben Stiller is waking up in the pit in the backyard with Jessica Alba clad in lingerie on top of him, and Dustin Hoffman, his father, walks in, and like they have this little talk, and then they leave, and um, Dustin Hoffman is, and Ben Stiller says nothing happened, and Dustin Hoffman says I know nothing happened. That's not how Fockers roll, and I was like, fuck yeah, yeah, that's dope as hell. Respect. And they get to the party, and then. Um, Ben Stiller doesn't know that Robert De Niro saw the whole thing happen, so he, like, walks up with cake, and he's like, let's bygones be bygones. And then Robert De Niro punches him in the face, and then they have this very elaborate fight. It's a very good fight. Like, it's not... So it's the opposite of the Irishman. No, I, was, I have that in my notes. I was, like, so much better than the Irishman. Like, it's actually them. And, like, it's just so well choreographed, and there's no doubles. It's just real. It's good. They actually fight. They, <laughs> nice. they beat the shit out of each other. It was Who great. Who wins? Um, well, <laughs> Robert De Niro has a heart attack at the end, so, so I would imagine awesome. Ben Stiller won. Ben and Stiller. then, after all this happens, um, Ben Stiller, like, he's a nurse, so he saves the day. He helps, um, Robert De Niro. Jinx is choking on the boy lizard, I mentioned earlier. He right. gives him little CPR, which is dumb, but okay. And, um, everything is essentially okay. It works out. It's four months later, Christmas time. They find out that Robert De Niro is a little bit Jewish, and they give him a little yarmulke, and they're, it's really sweet. His deepest fear, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, we find out that Ben Stiller's parents are moving to Chicago to be near them. Aww. And then um, Robert De Niro and his wife are like, well, if you're moving to Chicago, we need to move to Chicago. What about, like, Jessica Alba? She's gone. She's okay. out of the story. I mean... Ben Stiller, when he gets to the party, he says... Like, fuck this crazy bitch? Based, probably. Yeah. She was. Yeah. She was a child who did boner medicine and then attacked him. Yeah, that's true. That's but, like, true. at the party, he says to his wife, like, I'll tell you what happened later. And, like, it's clear that, like, nothing happened. Like, she probably was upset, but, like, right. you know, he's I mean, a good it does man. seem like he and his wife have a healthy, trusting yeah, relationship. They, they have an incredible relationship, Despite which is amazing, considering... Like, yeah. 
boring and also like you know bringing nothing to the table. I mean, she's a teacher. Franchise. She teaches children. It is International Women's Day. Respect women, Max. I know you don't any other day of the it's year, true. but today yeah. you're gonna. Um, so yeah, it basically ends with like this little kerfuffle, like oh, we're all moving to be near you, and it's over. God, I hope it's over. Please, please. One more. The heavens. One more. What's Number it even gonna four. be called? Is it even a trilogy if there's not a fourth? Um, medium. <laughs> God damn it! That's not how it works. Medium fuckers. Oh, I don't even like. What could happen? Like, it's not gonna be little fuckers too. It would have Fuck to be. Fuck me, Amadeus. <laughs> Fuck me sideways. Fuck me sideways. Okay. Um. There are a few little cameos. Yes, yeah, we got Nick Kroll plays the doctor that wraps up the kid's arm. Fun. That's fun. And uh, Jordan Peele plays the ambulance driver that is picking up Robert De Niro. No. And uh, just some nice. few little cameos. I one, like of, one of my faves from the original. Yes. From uh, MTP OG, um, Judah Friedlander, and one of the first things I know him from. Huh. Uh, as the guy who works at the wine store, and Ben Stiller like wants to get a nice bottle of wine for De Niro, and uh, and Blythe, and he's like he's like oh what's like do you have any what's the nicest bottle of wine you got he's like get a bottle of mum <laughs> he's like do you have anything a little nicer he's like you get a whole lot of mum <laughs> my favorite line that is a good line yeah. you know. I do have to say, they are good movies. They're fun. They're like, a nice ride. I think in 2010, it was like before movies started to get bad. Yeah. Like, if they... <laughs> like, wait, wait, I said yeah without giving that any thought. But you agreed on a like a deep personal level. <laughs> yes. Like, if they had made this movie this year, it would have been like so full of slapstick and just like dumb jokes and... I feel, yeah, I feel like the... There's, like, soul, there's family, there's spirit it, in these it movies. It feels like almost a throwback to what was much more prominent in, like, the 80s, where comedies were just, like, about families yeah. and stuff, like Father of the Bride, or the um, vacation movies, where it's, like, they're absurd, they're farcical, but they're, like... It's just like, oh, Steve Martin and Goldie Hawn buy a house, and that's a comedy. Wait, what was that one? The The Money Pit. Goldie Hawn Something? was in The Money Pit? I think it's The Money Pit. Is that what it's called? This. The Money Pit? Something like that. That isn't The Money Pit, a Tom Hanks movie? Then maybe it's not The Money Pit. Whatever. Like, it that's, does, I know, it that's doesn't matter. That's what movies <laughs> used to be like. Right? And that I feel like Meet the Parents is almost a throwback to those. Like, we didn't even have many in the last 20 years where comedies instead are like... I don't know what are comedies like. Like, they're either remakes of older movies or stoner comedies. Well, I guess like maybe Bridesmaids, kind of like. I mean, the bill. I feel like Bridesmaids like was good though. It was good, no, but that's what I'm saying. As like a grounded like, in reality premise, but like The Hangover is like what yeah. comedies became. Like they got to be over the top and like even I don't know. I just I don't like how much they use slapstick now. Like, I feel like it's... I don't like it. I don't know. Like, the difference between, like, Bridesmaids and the new Ghostbusters. Like, they're both strong women-led movies, and they're both comedies, but, like, I feel like Ghostbusters, they rested so hard on, like, slapsticky humor kind of things to, like, get a more general audience that, like, it just undid what the movie could have done. Yeah, plus, they made all the men women. <laughs> really? Oh, wait, they did? Oh, my God, forget I'm it. not so sure about that. God, women. Ugh. To quote my Happy friend Emily, <laughs> women be shopping. 
Anyway, oh, also, during the credits, um, there is a remix of the speech that Ben Stiller gives for the boner pill. And the whole speech oh, yeah. is about Robert De Niro. He's like, my father-in-law is the kind of man that would take these pills, and he tells all these stories about him. And it's just like this, like, viral, like, rap remix of <laughs> Ben Stiller speaking. I could have done without that. But the rest, very good. Good movie. A+. plus. This has my stamp of approval. All right. Little Fuckers is a hit. Little Fuckers. Who knew? Bring it back. It's, it's the 10-year anniversary. Put it in theaters. Happy birthday. Happy. <laughs> On this International Women's Day, we celebrate <laughs> Little Fuckers. Owen Wilson, the most powerful woman in show business. All righty. Is it time for our next bit? Between, Between two, two turns! Wah, 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 wah. Anyway. Uh, let's see. Go ahead. I got a few. What's going on? I was thinking... I watched some good shit, but whatever. Um, I'm gonna talk about, just because it popped into my head, my favorite musical film of all time. And I wonder if you've seen it, and if you care about it, because you're a little younger. So you've probably... I bet you've seen it, but it might not hold your, uh... The same place in your cockpit. I'm very intrigued. Uh, the South Park movie. That's what I thought. It's no, like, it's, in this day and age... It's a very good movie. It's a very good movie. Like, I don't know. I feel like some people don't hold South Park in the highest regard, but like, it's such a good movie. It's such a good musical. And like, it makes so much sense that from there they like... For, did they Book of they did other like film musicals and then they did Book of Mormon. Yeah, like, I remember my parents uh, being like, "Hey, whoa! Apparently, the South Park guys like made a musical." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah. no shit." And it's Mom crazy and that just like they're off season for making Make South the Park. Pop. They just <laughs> shut up. They just made a musical. Happy International Women's Day, Thank Mom. You. Thanks God. God's a woman, you know, a woman of color, and that is a Dern after reading official take. I do, I do, I had, I loved South Park as a kid, um, and I loved, loved, loved the movie, I remember seeing it, but like, I had the sweatshirts, I was like fourth grade when it came out, it was like, nice, um, and it does break my heart a little bit that it's become sort of this like, you know, like, it's, uh, it's problematic at times, it's got some like, shitty points of view, and I'll honor that, but I will also say that it has some really good ones that, like, go missed in that conversation. No, like, like, the one where Cartman buys an amusement park, that is, <laughs> that's hands down my favorite one. Like, I would watch that right now. <laughs> There's so many good ones. And at its best, like, the humor, it was, like, on the one hand, it was critiqued back in the day by parents as, like, just gross-out humor. And now by, like, leftists and stuff who are like it's problematic and un-PC and anti-woke and I think in so many ways what's great about it is neither of those things at all like some of the best jokes are just the like most simple (laughs) fun like have nothing to do with like the gross out stuff and there is so much good kind of good energy around like things where they would skewer things that were anti say pc at a time when no one was doing that if you go back and watch these episodes it's like they've gotten accepted as like oh they're like libertarians and it's like there's a lot of good shit there you just gotta yeah just didn't get talked about and repeated over and over as like that was the message but there were great messages there's one where like 
Wendy, Wendy kicks the shit out of Cartman because he's an asshole and like he doesn't think women should... International Women's Day. Great up. Go watch the episode of South Park where Wendy beats the shit out of Cartman. It's fantastic. As she should. Anyway, what's between your durns? Oh, uh, what's between my durns, I'll tell you. <laughs> I saw a doctor this week. No. <laughs> um, well, I had a... I, uh, I'm still slowly reading a few books. I don't need to talk about those. I watched Point Break a, a few nights if ago. Never seen it. Come on, man. Apologies I to my brother-in-law. I we're doing this right now live instead of me talking to you about the show off air. I think for our birthdays, respectively, that week we should get to choose any movie we want, and that's what we're going to talk about. I'm not going to choose Point Break, but I think that would be a okay. fun little exercise. Okay. Well, you seem to agree. Thank Let's you. do it. Uh, See, oh. Nick is like. Nick is like one of those assholes who proposes <laughs> in a baseball game. <laughs> so you have to so say yes or it'll be yes. rude. Uh, yeah, Point Break, great movie. Patrick Swayze, incredibly handsome man. Even this. wearing a Richard Nixon mask, which he does in the I film. I refuse to believe he's handsome. Oh, he Richard is. Nixon mask. Uh, trust me, okay. he is. Um, other, other thing this week. So, Richard Linklater. Sure. Director, experimental Boyhood. filmmaker, Boyhood, very good. The, the Sunrise Trilogy. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. No. Yeah. No, that's Cameron yes. Crow. Oh. Well, the podcast I was listening to earlier this week SLC lied to me. Punk. Whatever. Okay, so he's making a film that I'm excited for, but it won't come out for 20 years. You want to hear what it's about? Man, is it called manhood? No, shut up. No, actually, girlhood? I did hear a theory that perhaps he is secretly continuing boyhood. I wouldn't. I would. I hope not. I mean, yeah, probably <laughs> not, but maybe. What's it apparent? What's the, the conceit so, here? So this is a musical written by Stephen Sondheim called "Merrily We Roll Along." Okay. And in the music, like as you watch the live stage musical you see a bunch of, like, older, like, Hollywood movie executives, and it pretty much hops, like, a decade every act. Okay. And it shows you, like, how they became that and, like, what led them to that life. And, like, some of yeah, them are kind sure. of dicks, and it's, like, how the system of, like, Broadway and Hollywood and stardom, like, destroyed them kind of. Oh, interesting. So he's filming this movie backwards. So he's filming the end of it now as they're young, and as they get older, he's going to get closer to the end of the movie. So yeah. Wait, did I say that right? Yeah. Okay, good. But yeah. Um, it has... But like, he could just use makeup. He could, but I think it's a lot cooler with what he's doing. I mean, okay. if anybody I mean, dies like, boyhood... or ditches, it'll be bad, but... <laughs> Boyhood's amazing, in part because it's like, children grow. Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, just a fundamentally cool part of it, is seeing like... The transformation, like it's less amazing to see, like oh, Ethan Hawke's a little older. Um, <laughs> You're not amazed by the aging of Ethan Hawke every year. Ethan Hawke has some more gray hair, and he's like a perfect, lovable, scuzzy dad. <laughs> Boyhood's amazing for anyone listening. What if we found out that Boyhood was a sham, and he just did it with like CGI <laughs> in like a month? <laughs> it's just a different Jinx the kid. Who'd have thunk? But yeah, merrily we roll along. I'm really happy. Right. I'm and stoked. I, it just feels like maybe he's overreaching with his ambition. I mean, how old is he now? I hope he makes yeah, how it. Old, yeah, what if he dies? How, oh, wait, one minute. Let me look this up. What's his name? Richard, Richard Linklater. Linklater. I'm only talking about him. Why would I know his name? Richard 
Link Ladder is 59 years old. So he will be almost 80 when this film is done filming, yeah. let alone edited and released. He can run for president. He hey, can... oh, oh, got him. Hey, I'm an old white guy. Brainworms. <laughs> um, I was a Hollywood star. Did you ever see A Scanner Darkly? I haven't, no. Maybe my favorite Dink Links movie. It's one of the rotoscopy ones. The, yeah. the like, weird trippy animation, but I love it. Nice. It's about addiction. It's maybe my favorite Robert Downey Jr. performance. Ooh, he you got Winona. Addiction. Winona kills it. Winona? Yeah. Ma ma my Winona? Is that who you're talking about? <sighs> I'm sorry, that was bad. Okay. Get the fuck out. One more thing I want to bring up. Okay. There's a new member of my family this week. Oh! I'll put this on the Instagram for everybody it's to a see. dead gold. <laughs> I got it from a Hollywood murderbilia auction house. No, he is a clown. Actually, she is a clown. She's a clown I got at Goodwill. She's in a purple suit. She sits on a little swing, and I named her Leonard Bernstein. Bernstein, actually. Here's a picture for you to look at. But in the REM song, they say Bernstein. Do they? Leonard Bernstein. This is well, a creepy clown. Hey, man. I guess you trust Michael Stipe more than me. Get bent. <laughs> I see some bowling shoes. Hey, where'd you, yeah. steal, where'd you steal those from? I got them at a thrift store. Don't worry about it. What? Yeah. No, you steal yes, them from I did. bowling I mean, alley. Somebody else stole them, you, but... You, you tell us... sucker pays for bowling are you, are you telling me you just... Today we learned Nick's a grade-A sucker. You, <laughs> you just, just wear them out. Do you just wear your worst shoes there and give those as the trade-in? <laughs> yeah. And then... I never thought of it. You go to Gold Goodwill, you buy a $2 pair of shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you bring them to the bowling alley. Wow. <laughs> the old I, switcheroo. You know, I always wondered why you had a mountain of bowling shoes in the other room. <laughs> Gonna make a flim-flim man out of you after all. <laughs> you got trouble, my friends. <laughs> you got trouble right here in Bowling City. <sighs> Alrighty. Well, is it time? Little Dern. I almost said Big Dern again. I'm sorry. <laughs> Little Dern. Little Dern. The littlest. Okay. Um... In in the tradition of the last few weeks, yes. I got another like historical dramatic dramatization. Good. This time in the I don't know late two thousands film HBO movie Recount. Ah. Uh, which of course was about Barack Obama's birth certificate. Count it again. Count Come it on. Again. <laughs> we all remember. Now what was this about, Nick? This was about. The 2000 election, um, mm -hmm. Florida mm -hmm. hanging chads. Hanging chads. Um, I learned a bit about the hanging chads. It's like a dingleberry. First and foremost. Yes. Grammatically incorrect. The phrase hanging chads. Interesting. Because the plural of chad is. Go ahead. Is chad. That makes There's sense. There's a fun little scene between uh, my two favorite male actors. Um, Kevin Spacey, Dennis, okay. Dennis Leary, and of course Kevin Spacey. Yeah, uh, two men of substance. Yeah, um, Dennis Leary in this film has a worse accent than his actual accent, Ooh, which was like a, a brave choice. What was he doing? Like, what accent was he I trying? Guess Boston. I thought he was bo yeah, Bostonese. It's like, 
Maybe I just forgot how shitty his voice sounded. <laughs> He's just a bad man. Um, he was actually he he had a good performance. I did like his role. Nice. Uh, Kevin Spacey is kind of the main guy. George uh, Bush. Ron Klain. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. And that's just it's so. This is a movie about the recount of the 2000 election, Bush v. Gore. Um, so it's sort of a political, you know, it's a political uh, procedural in a way. Um, it starts on election night and it ends a couple months later. And, uh, it's, so it's, it's kind of like, it does a good job of building suspense when you already know the outcome, mm-hmm. which of course is that George W. Bush did 9-11. Ah, uh, <laughs> uh, yes, that age old lesson. <laughs> Before, you know, he, he gets the presidency and then does 9-11, as we all know. Um, that episode of South Park also, chef kiss, incredible. Ladder to Heaven? Is that the Is one? that what it's Is called? that the 9-11 one? It's like the one where, it's the whole thing, like... Where were you? He, like, pretends not to fake it or something. I don't remember. He, like, he has this, like, thing of documents and he's like, we cannot unleash this... This uh, conspiracy among the people, oh, and he's walking away, and he just drops it behind him. <laughs> I'm sorry. It's, no, no, no. You can. Oh yes, I can interrupt you too. Are welcome. <laughs> interrupt me the whole time. That's the premise here. Um, so what this movie is fundamentally about is that like the Republicans are good at political chicanery, hmm. and the Democrats are bad at. And that's why the Democrats always lose. <laughs> right? This is like the people in, people today who are still like, Hillary Clinton got more popular votes than Trump and Russia. It's like, yeah, well, maybe if you people were better at just like doing whatever you gotta do to win shit, you would win more shit. So you get like, there's Man, this you're one, starting to sound like a Republican. <laughs> there's this one, eh, if you can't beat them. <laughs> There's this, like there's this one old head Democrat, so it's like okay, there's gonna be a recount. There were like issues. What are they? Everyone's got to strategize. You are slinging coffee slinging out of your mug. You are all riled right. up. And there's like this one old head Dem who's like, you know, at the end of the day, this is what the vote said. And like maybe we should just like let them have it. And like this, and they're like <laughs> they the all threw books at him. No, they're yeah. It's just like they weren't even trying to like do what had to be a political fight. There was Democrats being like, well, like, you know, the Constitution will prevail and we'll have the right president. It's like, no, you're going to have to fight tooth and nail if you want this to happen. So the whole movie is a very political sort of back and forth. You, you get, like, the, the Dem operatives who are, like, your Dennis Leary's, your Kevin Spacey's, right? Naturally, uh, the Democrats get a little, you know... Groper, child fondler, hey man, and the Republicans. Game, am I right? The Republicans, yeah. <laughs> Republicans get like Bob Balaban. <laughs> you know Bob Balaban? Yeah. Of course I know Bob Balaban. Christopher Guest films. I get a Christmas card from him every year. HBO's Animals, legendary. Ah, uh, HBO. Um, Our sponsor this week. <laughs> Bob Balaban's great as just like a Weasley Republican. Uh. <laughs> Good I feel like him. he could go either way. Like, he could have been, if I told you Bob Balaban was in this movie, you could picture him as, like, just like a Weasley Democratic operative with his big glasses, or, like, a Republican one, and they both work perfectly, yeah. because Bob Balaban has range. Range? And that range is, what is this like, podcast is little about. and Weasley. 
and wonderful. No disrespect to Bobby B. Um, so the Republicans are like just better at this. Like we got to do what we got to do. And you know who's really holding all the power? If there was one person who, at this moment in history, this very you know important moment, without this, Bush doesn't do 9-11. And so a lot hinges on this election. Comes down to, of course, one, Ms. I'm not even guffing you here. You know it. You know who it is. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Ah! Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Laura fucking Dern is incredible. Back in the movie. saddle again. Funny you should say that. Whoa. Am I psychic? <laughs> because Laura Dern plays Florida Secretary of State Catherine Harris. And now you're likely too young to recall. I did not know Ms. Harris intimately, but from this moment of time, <laughs> Oh, you, you didn't spend time with her? Mo- from this, at this moment of time, she was an important figure in this election. She was portrayed by... Anna Gasteyer on Saturday Night Live. Ah, yeah. We actually get an SNL clip here, not of her, but of Tina Fey and Jimmy Fallon on Weekend Update, and they're uh, just such children. Dream They're team. such babes. And Jimmy, I forgot that Jimmy Fallon had like this dumb like boy band haircut. He's just like, it's got like this like edged out. <laughs> it's like a, a year two thousand boy band haircut. It's <laughs> awful, and he looks like he's twelve. Lauren Michaels gave him that haircut personally. And it was a nice reminder that he wasn't funny back then either. <laughs> is it, he now? No. Yeah, good. He never has been. Um, I've heard rumor that he is a raging alcoholic. Aw. I saw him get booed off the stage. Oh. And ice cubes got thrown at him in his brief window right around that time where he was trying to do the Sandler. Oh. Where he was like trying to do, be the, the, the music comedian. Oh, that's sad. And it was at... Claus Fest at Nassau Coliseum. I was in like ninth grade. Might have been 2001, and he got booed off the stage, and ice cubes are thrown at him. It was great. Fuck you, I mean, like, I feel sad, but also I really enjoy that. Like, yeah, no, knowing me that, too. Knowing he was humbled. Ha- Happy Women's Day, everybody. Happy Women's Fuck Day. Fuck you, Jimmy Fallon. <laughs> he listens. He's gonna be so bummed. <laughs> Good. I wanna make him cry. Is that bad? <laughs> um, so. Catherine Harris, this woman, Florida Secretary of State. Yes. She uh, is basically, her grandfather was like a a citrus magnate in Florida. As all of them are. Stupid rich. uh, Stupid rich, old money, Florida. um, Highly evangelical Christian. Okay. Uh, Catherine Harris, kind of a babe. I'd give her, the closest thing a lot of people would know would be like a Sarah Palin. Like, she's kind of a ditzy, um, ditzy Christian Republican woman. Also. More power than feels she ought to have in any sort of just world. Her Wikipedia photo makes her look incredibly tan, to a point that I thought she was a woman of color, and you corrected me on that. Yes. (laughs) She is not. Um, so Catherine Harris, Dern does a great job because she... I'm just going to read this quote. So, so okay, so this is how, why she has all the power. She's the Florida Secretary of State. She gets to certify the results of the election. Okay. For the state of Florida. Yes. And that is now what the whole national election hinges on. 
it's up to her if she wants to allow the recount or like allow the recount to go past a certain day. And she was also the Florida co-chair for W's campaign. Ooh, that's a little... And you know who the governor of Florida was at this time? I do not know. Give you a hint. My favorite Republican candidate from the last presidential race, Jeb! Oh, Jeb! Jeb? Oh, I remember that picture came with a gun. Oh, I love him. Jeb! He really thought he could. Jeb is a treat. Um, I love him dearly. Even though, fuck him, he's a monster. He's part of this awful family. He was in charge of this state where people like Catherine Harris got to decide the fate. In what is obviously a very undemocratic way, you, in you, favor. You can tell that family runs the country because, like, they just gave their dumb kid a, con- a state to run. Yeah. They're like, take Florida. You can't mess it up. It runs itself. A lot of people don't recall, but even Debbie himself, he used to run the uh, the Texas Rangers. I was going to say, yeah, he ran a ba- baseball yeah. team. Who cares? Yeah. Um, Back when he was a cocaine cowboy. They don't show... They don't have a, uh, a character for Bush or Gore in this movie, Sad. but they, they each have a couple phone calls, and they make them, yeah, to just be like a whiny little oh, fuck. I like that. Which is fun. It's like the most politicized, blatantly politicized this movie gets. <laughs> um, but so Catherine Harris is like, um, I'm going to show you a picture of first our Dern portrayal, and then the real Catherine Harris. Okay. And I think this is important specifically vis-a-vis what you had just said moments ago, that Dern is, quote-unquote, back in the saddle. Oh, no. These photos will be available on our Instagram. They absolutely will. There's our girl. Oh, wow. She really is on a horse. She is riding a horse. She has a, a cowboy hat on. She has sort of a... A busty, breast-accentuating top and tight jeans and, like, a, a blanket over the horse that says Congresswoman Catherine Harris. You know, if you take away that blanket, that looks like a lot and of tattoos Here's the I've even seen. funnier 100% real photo of this 100% real woman. Oh, wow. And listeners, you're going to want to peep our Instagram I... to really see oh, wow. who we're describing. Okay, here. A, very busty. B, I love that the whole background is just mud. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> just this is her at horse like a, mud. a rodeo. Oh, wow. She really is back in the saddle. Yeah, so this woman... I love that you zoomed in to show me again. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, this woman. <laughs> Look at her. Um, so, that's who Dern plays, and Dern plays her wonderfully. She's got this quote, so she's sort of like dumb, naive, kind of ditzy outsider in that Sarah Palin way, but also like like she's having fun with it. At <laughs> least that's how Dern portrays it. Like she kind of knows how much power she has, and she's like getting off on it just I like a that. little bit. It's a very cool character, um, and she's got this great quote where she says, "You never know where life is gonna lead you." Ten years ago, I was teaching the chicken dance to seniors. Now I've been thrust into a tempest of historical dimensions. And the eyes of the world have landed on me. And she does this like kind of sinister <laughs> smile. And she's got this almost 
for lack of a better word, like whorish makeup off. <laughs> okay, the way she said all of that, it makes me think of the end of The Usual Suspects, like where he, he <laughs> like he just undoes, like she undoes her ditziness and she's just like the power. A little bit. It's slightly more subtle than her, that. But her yeah. limp goes away <laughs> and she was Kaiser Soze the whole time. <laughs> she was like, <laughs> she was raping. Oh my God, she's George Bush. The whole time. Um, speaking of, back to the star of our film, Ooh. Kevin Spacey. Boring. I like some Spacey. I love I love Misa yeah. Kaiser Soze. Um, in this, I don't know. I feel like he's kind of good at that political thing. Like, not even the House of Cards where he's, like, you know, such a character. But, like, a regular, like, an Aaron Sorkin-esque type political production where it's just, he's a guy when things are fast-paced and things need to get done, he's, like good in that role he's sort of fast talking and like smart appearing yes nicholas you know something that really upsets me um aaron sorkin recently wrote a play adaptation of the book to kill a mockingbird no yes he did it was really good i saw it with jeff daniels playing atticus finch he did not miss a single night in like almost a year of production and it really upsets me that if um, Kevin Spacey wasn't a monster, that probably would have been, been him. him. And it would have been incredible. I'm sure he would have done a good um, Atticus Finch. But he had probably. to be a bad man. Anyway. How was Jeff Daniels? Incredible. Was it like his like newsroom? Was this like, were there blatant overtones to like Trump's America? In this? Uh, no, it was just... Ver- that, that's all I'm worried about when I hear Sorkin. No, no, no. I mean, it, it's just verbatim the book, okay. pretty much. But it just Aaron Sorkin like did the transition like it's it's set in the same time okay. it's just like the way he handled like the narrations and stuff i thought it was really good okay it was all really right. neat though the sets were like minimal but very nice That's all the actors were incredible anyway yeah. sorry to but to a push a in between two derns into your little no dern. it's all right we dern, derns on derns man derns on derns um okay so like the night of the election i learned these fun little things about the election that i the night of the election, when I talk about the Democrats being bad at this, <laughs> it's like neck and neck, just, it's like 0.02% vote difference. It's razor thin margin. And it's that night, and they're like, well, we're, we're calling it for Bush. And Gore, Gore is like, okay, I'll concede. <laughs> He's re- he comes out, he makes a concession speech that night, which then he has to walk back the next day. It's like, don't fucking give him that. Yeah, Don't man, give him, come like, on. the Dems are so dumb at this. It's like, you gotta be ready to fight. Al Gore is just too nice. He is. Oh, right, we talked about Gore last time. Um, another one who gets a shout out, my favorite completely evil Republican operative, uh, Mr. Roger Stone. Ooh. Are you familiar with this man? Oh, I know Roger. Yeah, he likes to watch his, his wife get, get fucked by other men, <laughs> which is not evil at all. If you're consenting, 100%. No, hey. It's one of his coolest qualities. He has a tattoo of Richard Nixon on his back. I didn't know that. It seems fun. Whoa. I highly recommend, if you want to watch a great documentary, Get Me Roger Stone. Um, never have I wanted to just hang out with someone so repulsively evil before. <laughs> He, for what this man has done, he is a horrible person. He's also the coolest man ever. He, like, likes weed, likes getting cucked, likes just, like, having a good time, and likes, like, funding warlords in third world countries and, like, toppling democracy. Hey, man, he's a multi-hyphenate man. <laughs> Jack of all trades. Um, 
And so Roger Stone gets referenced. He doesn't get portrayed in this film, unfortunately. Uh, but referenced as he's when the Republicans know they need to do shit to, like, get Bush in office. They're like, call Roger Stone, which, fuck yeah, that's what he's good at. Hmm. And he's got no scruples. He's a bad, bad man. And he, Roger, be my friend. <laughs> please, please write back. Um, so what they do, the Dems, they get a recount. It's like, okay, a recount's going to happen, but it has to happen by the certain deadline. And Dern is very strict. Like, no, that's the rule. Even though the rule says she's allowed to say that doesn't have to be the rule. But, nope, she says that's got to be the rule. She's drunk with power. She's a little drunk with power. And maybe also drunk. And so the Republicans, this is such a good play. They, so they're like, all right, we've got like five days for this recount to happen. They just slow everything down <laughs> to run out the clock. Which is genius. And they're fucking evil. Um... And ultimately, it's like a lot of back and forth. I don't need to get into it. Laws, appeals, Florida Supreme Court, um, U.S. Supreme Court, the hanging chads. So the I didn't realize these voting machines. One, I don't know if you recall the butterfly ballot. That was a sort of an issue in certain counties where these you know old Floridians. It looked like they weren't sure if they were picking the right one. Yes. And Pat Buchanan, the like guy running to the right of Bush, who got like no votes, got way too many votes in this county, likely because people thought they were picking Al Gore, but it was actually Pat Buchanan because like this thing was designed dumb. They like showed it and explained it. Super dumb. I listened to 99% Invisible. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, okay. So th that was like a big mistake. So if this is anyone's fault, it's whoever designed that ballot in Palm County, Florida. Ugh. Palm County, you don't get me you started. You did this to us. 9-11 is on your hands. <laughs> that blood doesn't wash up. Um, and so that was a fun fact. We got the hanging chads. The chads, the, excuse me, chad. The chad themselves would pile up in these old machines mm -hmm. over the years. And then that would cause the other ones not to perforate because you have this stack of chad getting in the way. It's like your hole punch. You got that little like emptier thing on the bottom of the fancier hole punch. Instead yeah. of the like the 199 hole punch at Staples, you get the like 399 one. The ritzy one. And it's got the little like plastic piece on the bottom that's like a little reservoir for your your chad. This is thrilling. But you're, <laughs> you're going to want to empty out that Chad, that Chad vessel. Your Chad hole. Empty <laughs> out your Chad hole once every, uh, I'd say roughly uh, 40 pages with a small one. But even yeah. with these, these industrial voter machines, every thousands of ballots, you're going to want to clean out those Chad, but they weren't getting cleaned out. So then you get a dimple instead of a Chad if there's like too many Chad that, uh, you know, butt up against the ballot itself. Plus, you get the old people, they stress this, that, like, old people are weak and frail. So they can't, like, press it down with vigor to, like, punch a good chad. I mean, that is where we send them to die. It does make sense. <laughs> Absolutely. So all of this led to, you know, the Twin Towers no longer being with us. Um, now there's just one. <laughs> fun people in this. Uh, Ed Begley Jr. Oh, big guy. fan. Um, have you watched The Outsider on HBO? No, I have not. Great. 
I think the season finale is tonight. Well, I'll catch up. Boss, I'm going to be a little sleepy tomorrow because I'm staying up late to watch The Outsider. (laughs) It's great for those of you listeners at home. Andy, who's in it, who's like a nice guy. Um, Andy Garcia? (laughs) Not that guy. A much younger version of him is in the film Recount as like some Democratic operative. And that's kind of fun. Um... You got, we talked about Begley, we got Dern. Um, that's basically all I got. Dern to like, she's got on her desk, on her like Secretary of State desk, she has brass hands in prayer. Love that. Or bronze, probably bronze. Bronze hands in prayer and like a bronze horse <laughs> sculpture, which like is her character in such a nutshell. And then I was reading. Uh, about the real Catherine Harris, and so after this, she ran. She was got elected to Congress after you know her horse campaign. Good for her. Her Congresswoman sash, um, and she did not win in the Florida Senate, but that and that was large part. There was she gave a speech at some evangelical Christian event where she was like, "We shouldn't have separation of church and state." Like, if we have that, then we are allowing law of sin and sinners. And that means, like, they'll abortions and gay marriage and all these uh, atrocities. And she got some flack right out of the gate for that that day. And this is the most Florida thing about the whole thing is that later that day, in a speech she gave at an Orlando gun show... Good for her. Good start. She... Uh, expressed her own shock and disbelief that people would construe her comments as homophobic because she meant hmm. nothing of the sort. They're fine people. I just don't want them to get married or be near me or vote. Yeah. Um, and I will share with you one last picture of Catherine where she is today. She had some vigilionaire uh, husband who uh, killed himself. I'm sure he totally killed himself with no outside influence. Not 9-11 really. He he wasn't found handcuffed with three bullet holes in his chest. (laughs) And so now she has like a new Texas finance goober husband. Oh no. But I gotta say, this is a 60 year old woman right here. She, this last year. Oh, oh my god. They look like marionettes. That is creepy. (laughs) Oh, his teeth. I hate it. (laughs) Oh my god. We, we gotta post this one. I mean, send me those. That makes me so uncomfortable. Wildly uncomfortable. Oh, his teeth. Looking great, Catherine. Uh, he looks like, he looks <laughs> he looks like, like if, you dry, if you dried out Don Knotts, like, 25%. <laughs> he looks like, uh, for our listeners at home, like, you know when, when, like, the middle school play, when, like, the boys have to wear suits and, like, spats and everything's way too big and dumb and, like, poorly fitting. This is, like, a Texas finance bajillionaire in, like, a terribly, awfully fitting tuxedo with, like, a top hat because he's an idiot. <laughs> and next to his absolutely elegant, glamorous, over-the-top, gloved wife and horrible person that's miss Catherine Harris. that's a body that only orange juice could buy <laughs> <laughs> and i stand by that wow that's well <sighs> thank you that's called an end cap <laughs> Whew. nailed it so what did you learn from dern this week what did i learn from dern 
that I love her even when she's playing bad people. And that, like, she makes me like the bad people. And then I'm like, I like her. I want to see more of her. And then I forget that that bad person has a lot to do with, like, everything that's fucked up in this country in the last 20 years. Um, mainly 9-11. Yeah, mainly that one. Um, that's the big one. 9-11 with a bullet. But also, more, more sincerely, that during... Right, I watched... SNL clips of Anna Gasteyer playing this woman, and obviously she's just, like, a villain. Yeah. Right, imagine how she'd be portrayed in something like that. Like, she definitely, like, on the, the talk shows, like, this woman was perceived as this, like, dumb, whore, awful woman. And what, Happy National Women's Day, everybody. Happy National Women's Day. And what Dern does is, like, yeah, I don't like what this woman did. I also completely understand, like, she didn't invent these power structures that put her there. I get it. If yeah. I were, you know, closely connected to the Bush family and I got to deliver them a presidency, I would, right? Like, I, who, who in that, the issue is that she's able to have that power, not anything about her as an individual. Um, and that Dern kind of gave, gave her this layered depth in a way that Dern does so fucking well, where even in, like, this one line, you get this hint of, like, outsider naivete, maybe spacey, not the most politically shrewd, but also maybe very politically shrewd, (laughs) and, like, recognizing that she has this power, and, like, like, playing it in that sort of fun way was wonderful. So Dern, it's not a new revelation, but damn, she's good at really putting a lot of depth into a character who's in like a handful of scenes well put what'd you learn about Jaren? well i learned that um a lot of times she's just in a movie for maybe 10 minutes <laughs> and she really gave me nothing to work with um I don't know. It almost seemed like she just played herself in this movie. Like, she was just, like, a very, like, hip, new-age woman who, like, spoke in a very, like, polite... I don't want to say politically correct, but, like, a very, like, dean of a new-age school kind of way. Okay. Like, the way she handled, like, thinking they were gay but them not being gay. I think she spe- she said a thing, like, after it happened, like, dealing with a misunderstanding through humor is fun or something like that. She said it in a more right. eloquent way, but, you know. So... I guess I went, like, so yeah. maybe we learned that Dern can phone it in sometimes? Yeah, she can, fo- she can just be herself for maybe, like, two days of shooting and make a cool million, so. Way to go, Dern. I mean, And yeah. she's allowed. Yeah, whatever, right? man. It, it can't all be the battles. Like, this movie kept her goldfish alive for another year, <laughs> and that's what matters. So, yeah. Dern. Dern, baby. She's it. Dern. She's the tops. Baby Dern. Dern, baby Dern. Disco Inferno. What do we... What's on the docket? Well, I know what everybody's thinking. Are me and Max lovers? Are we a Bert and Ernie? Everybody sees it and they <laughs> Will they, won't they? You know, last week, in my head, I thought of this at some point, but I forgot to say it, and now I'm just going to shoehorn it in now. Anyway, will they, won't they? When, when sweeps come, we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we'll leave it on a cliffhanger, just Keep like Scully and Mulder. It's going to be great. <laughs> Was that, I never watched X-Files, was there a sexual chemistry between the two? Oh, for sure. I had no idea. Like, the entire time, and, like, they would almost kiss, or they would kiss, and, like, one of them would have been, like, inhabited by an alien, so it doesn't count. Uh, But I think they do eventually, like, actually. Okay. I think, like, it came back recently for, like, another two seasons, maybe, and I think they're actually, like, a couple. 
Oh. I haven't watched all of it, so nice. I don't know, but they're good kids. Yeah, that's really, uh... The sex addict David Duchovny kind of settling there, but whatever. Yeah. Hey, man. You're probably right, but she's a bad bitch. <laughs> Fair. I, I have a picture of her holding up her badge in the X-Files, and it just says bad bitch on the badge. Oh, that's nice. So I'm just referencing a meme you haven't seen. <laughs> anyway, so next week, it's your turn for a big dern, and you get to watch a movie that I hated. 2017's Downsizing. I also hated that movie. Right, it's so bad. And I regret that I'm now learning she's in it, but Uh I will save my critiques until next week. I'm just... Alexander Payne, you used to be good. Yeah. What happened? Like, the whole last Until you made Sideways. Wildly overrated. I'll save it. Okay, yeah, we'll... I have a lot of... We can both... Tune in next week for seething hatred. (laughs) And in a, um... As Bob Dylan would put it, a twist of fate, I get to watch the Little Fockers deleted scenes reel. (laughs) Because our randomizer is apparently broken. <laughs> and yeah, first ever Dern After Reading uh, special, right, because it's Daylight Savings now, oh, Max hey. and Nick Switch. Whoa! And so I watch a few deleted scenes and you watch this terrible movie again. Ready? Break! No, 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 no. wait a minute. <laughs> I, not fo- I didn't fully realize what you now, said. if I saw the film, to, is there like a, obviously I need to watch the film. Yeah. Um, do I need to have watched it in the last two years? I think so. Yeah, probably. I mean, you can't just can't really fall in the hip. Yeah. I think, uh, isn't, um, the wonderful Asian woman from Watchmen in it? Sure. The one who plays Ms. Pickles on BoJack Horseman. Yeah. Yeah. We'll I get into it next week. Yeah. I think she's uh, downsizing. Boston in like is a in racist that too, caricature. Right? Yeah. Matt Damon. That's it. Matt Damon. Uh, we'll we'll get there. I guess uh, too much. Well, it's gonna be a lot. It's awful. Alrighty folks. We have durned our last dern for this week. See you next time. See ya. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern. Laura Dern.